Good evening, church. Welcome tonight to Bible study. We thank God for another beautiful evening wherein we are able again to share with ourselves together, enjoy the word of the living God. I welcome you all this evening as we join on to the meeting. By the grace of God, we'll be continuing from where we left off in our study uh, an examining of forgiveness as um, the will of God for us. And as we begin to settle in, I trust the Lord will grant us speed tonight and wisdom in the interaction with his word in Jesus' name. So welcome everyone tonight um, to the Bible study. Um, as usual, it is supposed that our Bibles are with us, our notes are with us, and our hearts are with us. Uh, by that I mean our hearts are made ready to to engage the word of God. And how do you engage with God's word? You are set. Just like a man that starts his car, a car will not move until he engages the gear. So tonight, I want you to engage with the word and set your heart with the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this evening again. We come before your throne, to come before your very presence, to hear your word. Lord, our hearts are set tonight for your holy instruction. Thank you because we are positioned to hear and we are strengthened to obedience, to the praise and glory of your matchless name. Amen and amen. All right, tonight we're going to start out um, in faith. Um, we are on the, the topic of forgiveness as the will of God. Forgiveness. And um, forgiveness is very is an offshoot of the understanding of the love of God. And why is forgiveness very important for us to undertake? Because God commands also to do. I will come to a particular scripture that we've read in the last two classes. And for, for the purpose of refreshing our memories, we read the following scripture as background scripture for this teaching. We read Philemon chapter 1, or Philemon 1 through 25. We read Matthew 6, 9 to 15. We read Matthew 18, 15 to 17, and 17 to 35. We read Mark 11, 20 to 26. We read 2 Corinthians 2, 5 to 11. We read Ephesians 4, 30 to 32. We also read Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. We equally read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 13. Um, we read Colossians 2, 13 and 14. We read Colossians 3, 12 to 17. And we read James 5, 16. These are the foundational scriptures or the scriptures we read um, um, in, in, in regards to the study of forgiveness. Now, before I go into the definition tonight, it is expedient for us to really study this because of the implications 
And by implication, I mean what God has revealed in his word about forgiveness. The implication of unforgiveness vis-a-vis -vis our relationship with God. If there's anything that will break the fellowship I have with God, I will, I will do away with it. And one thing that is certain that breaks that fellowship, if that fellowship with God means something to you, you will cherish it dearly. If that, that, that fellowship with God um, is what it ought to be, you will guard it jealously. Nothing, you, you, you allow nothing truncated even for one moment, it's like it's like power in a house, power going out. You always want to have power in your house. That's why people have all kinds of power backups because power is important. Some have inverters, some have generating sets, some have um, um, solar panels, some, I don't know what, every means, the, the reason is no one wants power outage because of the implication it causes in life. So also our fellowship with God is very key in this life. And that's why anything that can truncate it, we 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 fight it with all the fiber in our being. And that's why the Lord Jesus you know, spoke about forgiveness in no, in no strong terms. But before we go on tonight, so you see the implication of this, let me, you know, you know, bring to our notice, as human beings, what are the spheres of our interaction? The way God has made us, we have to interact. Hallelujah. We have to we are we are we are social beings we are communal beings that's how god has made us and god made us this way for his glory you know uh, the first interaction that i want to mention here but not limited to this tonight Is work relation. You know, we 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 have work relation. We have people we work with. We can't run away from it. For example, we have co-workers. We have we have we have we have people we 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 work together in the place of our of our careers. You cannot. You cannot not interact because you have you have a work relation, you have a work interaction. And I want to say to you, anywhere or anytime you have people you interact with, there will be reasons sometimes for for disagreements where offense will rise. So we cannot do without it. Sometimes it can be school. Sometimes it can even be relationship with, 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 with our doctors or nurses or, or wherever we have reason to, 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 to mingle and to interact. So the first one I listed here tonight is work relationship. It can be you and your client, your client and yourself. Number two is biological or familial relationships. We can't escape it. We have, we have, we have biological interaction. We have familial interaction. You are doing, you are doing one, one ashwabi, or you are doing one, one wedding. There's, have, have you, have you, have you ever experienced where siblings are fighting themselves bitterly in one function or the other? 
I've seen one before. We are, we are on the occasion of, 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 of one burial or one or one birthday party. There's so much acrimony within the within siblings. Sometimes is is you know, I remember this story. Well, let me say it. <laughs> it's a family issue. Somebody bought cow. And someone said the cow is not big enough. And for years, it caused family rivalry between, between siblings. It can be clothes. It can be something we, we, we all know I'm talking about tonight. It's something that has happened, that is happening, and that will still happen in the future. You can imagine what trouble will arise during somebody's wedding. Eh, this person did not pay money enough. Eh, this person, and somehow we, we still harbor such things in our heart against such people. Now, the reason is because we are bound to interact with familial or biological interactions. Now, the fact that we have this, this interaction does it mean that, 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 that we should live in unforgiveness or hold those things to hand forever? No, because we are believers. And because we are bound to interact like this, we must know the will of God. We must know our, 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 our expectations or what God expects of us, irrespective of the sphere of interaction we find ourselves. Because we are believers. Sometimes it can be school. Class teacher and student, student and class teacher, um, um HOD and, and student. No, you know, we know what I'm talking about. So much acrimony. I will fail you, you will not fail me. And somehow we have kept these things in heart ever since. God tonight by the Holy Spirit wants to expose some hidden things that we need to repent of and forgive. Number three, we have church family, church family relations. And many times in church also, though it's a place where, 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 where office should be done in, the, in, in line with God's word, but we all know that we are not yet perfect. In fact, since we still have tongue, we will make mistakes. It says, it says, it says the tongue is a little member in the body, but it's full of poison. It's like fire. When it kills a thing, nothing can quench it, James says. Who can tame the tongue? And as long as we are in any place of gathering and people still have their tongues intact, there will be offense. So as believers, what do we do to guard against it? Now, I'm saying this, sorry, you, you can start locating yourself in, in either of these spheres. Hallelujah. Before I even go far, in the case of the family relation, there's also, there's also um, 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 husband and wife, wife to husband, child to father, father to son. These things exist. But at every instance, what is the will of God for us when offense comes? In the church relationship, in, in, in family, in work, in school, in, 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 in every of our interactions, sometimes it's even in business. You take a boss, something happens, you just, just, you just praise God. Should a believer live in perpetual unforgiveness? The answer is no. And what causes unforgiveness is offense that comes as a result of interaction. Let me say this. Even if you don't want to interact with man and say, okay, let me go and stay in, 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 in the bush alone. So I'm just there with trees and animals. I'm telling you, if you don't learn to conquer forgiveness with human beings, animals will offend you. The tree will offend you. Won't you forgive so forgiveness is embedded in the heart of the believer because forgiveness is, a, is an offshoot of the love of God that is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, why is this very important for us to come to terms with the will of God and, and let nothing, let, let no seed of bitterness or unforgiveness get bearing in us at any point in time in any of our relationships is a reason 
it affects unforgiveness primarily affects our relationship with God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15. It says, forgive men of their trespasses. For if you don't forgive men when they, when they sin against you, I, your heavenly father, will not. So let me say the word I. Your heavenly father will not forgive your sins also. So the reason I forgive is because I want God to forgive me too. Now, let me say this. This forgiveness is not the forgiveness in redemption or salvation. This is because the Bible says, if, 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 if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So this one is not. For we have, he has enabled us to repent. But this has to do with relational. Amen tonight. Matthew 18, we read Peter and Jesus speaking. He said, he said, he said Master, Master, how many times in a day should I forgive my brother? And he said 70 times, 7 times, which is impossible. That means as long as as long as we interact, as long as you are you 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 live in an estate, you 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 are around people, there will be offense. Somebody will hurt you. But the issue is you don't hold it too hard. You forgive. You let go because of your relationship with God. So God expects the believer to be a forgiving person who holds nothing to heart. In Mark 11, verse 24 to 26, Jesus was talking about faith and prayer. And guess what? The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2, verse 4, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3, 11, the just shall live by faith. And if the just shall live by faith, and faith works by love, and love is the bedrock of forgiveness, then if we don't forgive, we don't walk in love, then our faith will be powerless. So if we want to fulfill the will of God in these end times, we must let go the greatest of offense. Hallelujah. And guess what? If this is central to praying, everybody tonight, open about with me. Mark 11, let's pick from there, Mark 11. And if this is, is an hindrance to prayer, then I want to guarantee you Satan will sit down here and be, and be, and, and be burning gas. He will sit down at this equator and remain there and cause offense and, and make people not to forgive and hold things to heart. He will make you see what your wife has done, what the husband has done, what the child has done, and you will not forgive. Tonight, you must forgive. Your child offends you, you forgive. Let it go. Don't react to the child based on what, what error the child has done. If God will mark iniquity, who will stand? Say this, my husband, eh? He's always doing it. Always doing it. Always doing it. Now the question is, are you always doing true to God? For he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. That means we constantly err to the Lord. Yet he forgives every moment we ask him for forgiveness. Mark 11 tonight. Let's read from verse 23. Mark 11. Now hear this, verse 22. Say, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. What he said here, when he just did a miracle of, 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 of faith by addressing and speaking to the fig tree, and he said to us, if we also speak. Now, let's go on, verse 22. And he said, have faith in God, 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, now mark this word, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he said. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and they shall be yours. Fantastic promise. Wow. Let's hold on here. 
But do you know that we can read this scripture of faith and remain in that place and think that's all there is to what Jesus said. So we can hold on to faith and claim it and speak it. I claim it. I receive it. I speak it now. It's mine and all this stuff. But guess what? The next verse is, is germane to the fulfillment of the whosoever in 23 and 24. Therefore, I said to 24, sorry, 25. And when you stand praying, now, this praying is connected to verse 23 and 24. 24 says, therefore, I say unto you, what things ever you desire when ye pray. So when faith is at work to move mountains, forgiveness is a bedrock. When we live in unforgiveness, forget praying. God says, I won't answer. Wow. So Satan sits here and cause offense to see if if the force will 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 will, will not forgive. He, he will he will he will stalk your doctor to speak things you don't like and see if you will forgive. He will speak things like no, this one you can't you can't escape it. Is you you will die. You will you will you will you get exposed and you feel why should he say that? And somehow that thing is still in your heart after a long while. Even when God has come through for you, you must let go and forgive. And you must really really because Satan will take advantage if we go contrary to the will of God. So God is calling us tonight to be aware of our environment, to be aware of the raging warfare in the spirit that comes even shortly in unforgiveness. Now let's read verse 20, 20, 25. And when you stand praying in faith, what did he say? Forgive. That means when it comes to the, to the place of praying in faith, Hold on first and check your heart. Is there anyone that has not forgiven? That means we must, and because it says pray always, it means we must forgive always. Luke 18, 1. He spake a parable on this one saying, men always ought to pray. But in fact, it means men always ought to live in what? Constant forgiveness for offense will come. So for the believer, we have no, we have no escape. We can't hedge ourselves in without forgiveness. When we live in unforgiveness, it's like we are shooting ourselves in the feet. We are closing heavens on ourselves. Praise God. And so nobody can offend me. I've passed, I've passed that level. That I won't forgive you, forget it. Spit it out. Ah, uh, it's not possible. Amen. Tonight, we must all come to a point where. There is nothing greater or there's, there's no boundary of what I can forgive. Amen tonight. Nothing is classed as unforgivable offense to a human being. Nothing. It's only one thing that Christ classified as unpardonable sin and that's the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. So I don't know when you became Holy Ghost that 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 you become, you know, Amen tonight. In essence, God is saying, "Forgive." Paul says, "To whomever you forgive, I forgive." In the Spirit of Christ. In fact, the reason Paul said in Second Five to punish your offender is not is not is not because of vindictiveness. No, it's for his, the saving of his soul. So every believer is called to always be ready to forgive. But now the question is, should you always be involved in offense? Now that's the balance. And by God's grace, we'll touch these things as we make progress tonight. How do we come to a balance in the will of God in these matters? First, tonight we're going to establish that there, there's there's. There's no basis for a child of God to live in unforgiveness, no matter the offense, because it affects your relationship with God. It affects your prayers. Let me read again that, 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 that same verse. I want to sink into our heart, verse 25. And, and, and I will try and read also in the Amplified if it will make any difference tonight. I just want that thing to sink to our heart tonight. If that's where we can even stop tonight, I won't mind. We'll stop there. But let me read verse 20, 25 again. And hear what Jesus said. Do you know that John said in 1 John 5, 14, he says, this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we also have the petition. 
but this can stand against that scripture because scripture can never contradict itself. Maybe the reason things have not been answered is because there's still unforgiveness in someone's heart. Tonight, check your heart. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just there. Maybe you don't know. And, and, and I believe the Lord will, will start bringing things tonight to your remembrance, to your consciousness, because you are vital in, in, in the end time battle. And I see in this end time, one of Satan's strategy is to cause offense that men will live on because once there's unforgiveness, no matter how they pray, God will never violate his word. Jesus will never, he, will, he says, I will not answer it. I read again, Pastor the Bible. And when you stand praying, forgive. Hear this. If you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you of your word, of your trespass. 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespass also. Now, this is very dangerous. That's the reason, no matter what the offense is, use it as soap. Wash body and move on. Because there's something much more higher than the offense at that instance. Mark 11, let me see how the Amplified puts that scripture. Mark 11, I read verse 24, 25 and 26 tonight. Hallelujah. 25 and 26. It says, whenever you stand praying. Now, see that word? I like that. Some of you say, whenever. whenever. You see, any believer that doesn't pray, won't understand this. But as long as we pray, as long as there will be occasion to pray for healing, to pray for deliverance, to pray for salvation, to pray for lost souls, as long as there will be occasions to pray for things that pertain to the kingdom, we must. And if this word takes Satan off his feet, the thing he needs to do is to pour okra on the floor. You get my point? We bring offense so that you have something. Let me read again tonight. Verse 26. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, drop the issue, let it go, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your trespasses and wrongdoings against him and others. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your transgressions. Now, this is very key tonight. So as we make progress in this teaching, forgiveness is very, very important because it has great spiritual consequence. Now, the question is, what then is forgiveness? Forgiveness or to forgive is a term, it's a, it's, it's, it's a Greek term that means alfeme, and simply it means to aspire, to let go, to live, and to keep no longer. So when I hear the word forgive, it means don't keep it longer. Get it back out. Don't keep offense. Don't keep grudges longer. Let it expire. Let the pain expire. Let 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 the pain dissipate. Let 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 it go. Let let that let that wrongdoing, that sense of 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 being wronged, being deprived, let it go. Paul said in fact, number five, he says, he says from from verse ten that was. He says, wouldn't you rather? Allow yourself to be defrauded by a believer than going to court with an unbeliever. It means God gives no room for fence at all in his church for his power to go because he can never break his word. So if Satan will inflict a people, he will bring much offense in the place so that what the word are doing makes no meaning whatsoever spiritually. My prayer tonight is that in the so that over, there will be no offense. And if if there's anything that caused offense, listen, folks, right now in this in this evening, you forgive and let it go for the sake of the will of God to be fulfilled in our midst and in your life. Amen. Tonight, so forgiveness means let offense expire, let it go, let it. Keep it no longer to yourself. And God will never ask you to do what he hasn't empowered you to do. Remember I said tonight, we are spheres of contacts. 
The first one I mentioned tonight was the sphere of work relations. Boss and employee. Employee and boss. Don't be offense. How do you deal with it? Let it go. Address it and let it go. There's familiar relationship. Brother to sister, sister to brother, uncle and cousins, family matters, so much acrimony between brother and sister, between sister and brother, so much. And, 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 and these things will affect your prayer. If this all, if, if there's a reason you must, you must let go, then let go. Amen tonight. Short relations and others. So, forgiveness in the context of our discussion simply means to let go, to let expire, to keep no longer the impact of wrongdoing against you in the course of living together. Let me repeat. Forgiveness in the context of our discussion tonight simply means letting go or letting expire or keep no longer the impact of wrongdoing meted out to you or done against you in the course of your living together. Hallelujah. We have times in life when our parents will have spoken words to us we don't like our teachers. And somehow we, we, we took offense and it's been there for a while. Tonight, let go. Somehow it can be a word that your husband spoke to you. Somehow you feel that word was insensitive and somehow you, you are carrying on but anytime it, it, it strikes your heart, you, you are harboring it. Tonight, let go. It can be the way your wife, your wife dealt with you, or rather, nobody with you. The way your wife treated you in some matters, and somehow it has, it has, it has entered nobody. If you feel, you feel hot. Let it go tonight, because it says when you stand praying, forgive. If if you if you remember anybody has an order against you, say let go. And if God says it, then who are we? And remember, God will never say us do something he hasn't empowered us so to do. Forgiveness. Forgiveness has its origin from God. God is the first to forgive and has commanded us to do so just like he did in order to maintain relational fellowship with him. If but for my, for my, for my, for, for that longing to God, you know, tonight we're praying leadership and there's this, there's this joy we heard coming to God. But, but imagine there's something that will hinder that flow, then we leave it now. For instance, look at Adam and Eve. In their case, it wasn't for unforgiveness, it was disobedience. It truncated that fellowship they had with God. So likewise, unforgiveness. You might think, oh, it's so small. No, there is nothing that is small. In fact, it's the smallest thing that men can ignore that Satan uses against anyone. God forgive us our grievous faults. We also should have nothing we can't forgive. First Corinthians 6 tonight. Let's talk about tonight. First Corinthians 6. For our time's sake, I will read all. Okay, let, let's read through it tonight because it will help us. Paul writing to the church and giving them instruction, writing to us, this is how we ought to behave. This is how knitted we are supposed to be for us to be formidable against, against the onslaught of Satan in this end time. When the church is in disarray or not in unity, there's little we can do to impact the kingdom of darkness. We can impact ourselves by doing things that has no spiritual implication, but if we must incur, if we must do the will of God and, and break through the ranks of the defense of the evil one, we must stand right in the things of God in walking obedience, and in particularly in this area of forgiveness. I read from verse 1. 
Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law courts before unjust and not before the saints? Now it means there will be issues where we have matters against each other. Verse 2. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? Wow. And if the world shall be judged by you, are you not are you unworthy to judge these matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more the things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there's not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before unbelievers. Now therefore, there's, there's utterly a fault among you, because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer up yourselves to be defrauded? Verse 8, where I'm going to. Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren. Don't do wrong. Don't defraud. So there's no offense that comes by you. Watch your language. Watch your speech. Watch your disposition. So there's no offense that comes by you. Because every act of offense that comes brings unforgiveness. And once, once, once it's breathed, you don't know when it's, it can be taken care of. And Satan will definitely take advantage of such situations. Amen tonight. So why do we teach forgiveness? Why, why should we expound on it as a church? Number one, because, they are, because men have different preferences. Men have different perspectives. Men have different responses that might be different from your own. And therefore, we must be ready and prepared to know how to receive some things and let some things go and let many things actually go. Because we will never all see things in the same perspective. Sometimes the way we talk, the way we gesture, the way we act may be different one to another. Yet in those things, we must, we must, we must be ready and be willing to let go and forgive because unforgiveness brings and creates room for the evil one to thrive. But so much more, as we know that there are different views and perspectives, we will also learn to, to, to align our views in such a way that, that, is, that, 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 that nothing is misconstrued and taken advantage of by the evil one. Amen tonight. You know, for someone like me, I've been, I'm trying now, I'm now, it's my confession. I'm trying consciously to, to moderate the kind of examples I use when preaching so, so that there's no offense. Though people might not take offense, but I try to moderate it. I try to, you know, and I, I'm telling you how, how I'm, I'm, I'm viewing these things. I'm watching myself. So that, so, that, so that there's no room from me, even, even, even without me thinking about it at all. Sometimes I can do some things with a good heart, but, but, but that good heart is not well received. So, so, so when I see traces of those things, I begin to amend. Why? Because of the, of, of, of the work of God and the body of Christ. We must help each other. We must bear up one and last body so we fulfill the laws of Christ. So what is forgiveness? Because there's, there's, there will be constant differences in perspective, in attitudes, in responses, and, and in all. And therefore, these things must be, must be looked at holistically and, 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 and our minds be made up before the offense comes to forgive. Hallelujah. Number two, why teach forgiveness? Because Satan thrives in unforgiveness. He takes advantage. He says we are not ignorant of his word, of his devices. He loves it when people... Paul was writing to the church in Corinth. Sorry. In Galatia. Let's turn around to the book of Galatians 5. Just before he began to talk about the works of the flesh. See what he says to the church there. From verse 13 to 15. He says, for brethren... Galatians 5, 
13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. You have liberty. You can see anything. You can do anything. Yeah, in Christ, you have liberty to, to, to sing, to dress, to do anything, anyhow. But guess what? Guess what? It says, use not, it says, only use not the liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Yes, you, you, can, you can say anything, you can do anything, but see, in the context of our relations with others, we must begin to consider others so that they still have friends. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another in the church or in your family, take heed, ye be not consumed one of another. Wow. Who does the consuming one another? Who is the one that instigates the consuming? Satan. Through what? Through, through unforgiveness and lack of love. No wonder Paul would cry and pray for the churches because there was so much problem of unforgiveness, of, of flesh and carnality in the church. And this greatly limited them. Amen tonight. Why do we teach this? Because, because Satan will take advantage. Therefore, let us cover ourselves. Let's close the edges. The Bible says, if the edge is not broken, serpent cannot strike. Let's close those edges of unforgiveness. And we leave everyone that when we stand praying, our Heavenly Father will hear our prayers. Don't let your unforgiveness cause somebody who are praying to be saved in redemption, not be answered. Wow. Imagine you are praying for healing, for life for someone, and there's someone amidst us who has unforgiveness in his heart. And we are praying together. It won't work. Where is Achan? He's the one that has taken something. He has hid, he has taken a garment and, and money should not take. And that has brought a curse upon the land. Praise God tonight. So you see how this is important to the church and to the family. You are the morning devotion. Um, you, are, you, are, you, you ring bell. You, 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 are, you, are, you are in Bible study. But, 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 but your wife is, 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 is at loggerhead with, is, with her brother or her sister or her father. They, 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 they don't say eyeball to eyeball. The prayer won't be heard. You see how this, you see how deep this goes to someone in your office. You, you, you are, you are, you are in, in your, now, you get what I'm saying to you. In every of your sphere, do all in your power to live in free life. Why do we teach forgiveness? Number three, because it breaks fellowship with God. Number four, why do we live in forgiveness? Why do we teach forgiveness? Because God commands it. God says forgive. Let go. Let it expire. It's been there for a long time now. In fact, some goods expire. Let that, let that offense, let it expire. On your brother, it's enough. God is calling you tonight, that is enough. It has hindered you thus far. It has limited you thus far. It's time to let go, that you may become free to do the things God has called you to do. Amen tonight. Next point, whom do we forgive? Number one, believers. Husband, wife, father, children, mother, children, children, parents, and people within the church, we forgive believers. Praise God. Two Corinthians. Now, 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 it shows that believers can offend you, can cause offense, can do things that will make you angry and, and, and you feel hot. But you see, in, 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 in that state, God says, let not your anger go through one day. Say, be angry, but sin not. Don't let the anger... Get to the level of unforgiveness. You must, you must, you must work on yourself. You must, you, you must make sure that happens. Two Corinthians seven. Two Corinthians seven tonight. We read verse seven through ten. Seven to ten. Bible says, and not by his coming only, but by the Consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. 
when he told you your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoice the more. Verse 8, for though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent, for I perceived that the same epistle had, had made you sorry, though it were for a season. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but you are sorrowed to repentance, for you were made sorry after a godly manner, that he might receive damage by us in nothing. We are called in our lives to live in forgiveness within ourselves as a church. All right. I want to mention is 2 Corinthians 2 from verse 7. I think I was reading 2 Corinthians 7. 2 Corinthians 2. Sorry, please, from verse 7. All right. In fact, let's read from verse 5. 2 Corinthians 2 from verse 5. I just read 7 now. But if any have caused grief, he has not grieved me but in part, that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is the punishment which was inflicted of many. So that currently wise, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with over much sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. For this, for to this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything, to whom I forgive it, for your sakes forgive, forgive I it, in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his word, of his devices. That means going to forgive someone, Christ himself is the one that forgives. So let Christ forgive in you and forgive through you. Amen tonight. Ephesians 4, 32. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verse 32. Let's read to that, everybody. Ephesians 4:32. In fact, let's, let's read from verse 30. And see, and see, and see how this ties together. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now see how see how we don't grieve him. All right. When when, when we read the we stop there, but no, this is how we don't grieve the Holy Spirit. By letting all what bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. See that? And be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you. That is how not to grieve the Holy Spirit. That means if you live in bitterness and wrath, and anger and clamor and evil speaking is not put from you. You are grieving the Holy Spirit. If you're not kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving, you are grieving. So all these things are things that grieves the Holy Spirit. And, and I know no true believer will want to grieve the Holy Spirit that has, that, that has been sealed by to the day of redemption. Do you want to break your seal? Let nothing on this earth. Nothing. Amen tonight. So we see that future there. Telling us how not to grieve. By forgiving. By allowing, allowing, allowing the joy of God. The peace of God. The tender heartedness of God to fill your heart. You know, for some of you that feels there's a time for everything, time to be born, time to die, time to kill, time to make a life, time to, to embrace, time to reflect my embrace. Remember, it also says there's time to tear and time to sow back again. There's time to tear, tear down and rebuild. Let the joy of God, let the peace of God let the grace for obedience come on you now in the name of Jesus Christ. So we fulfill the laws of Christ. 
and be kind one to be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiven one another, even as God. So the degree to which we forgive is not to your own degree. So the degree to which God forgave us. Can you quantify what you've done to God in eternity? Yet God forgave you. We trampled down on the Holy One of, of, of Israel, yet he forgave you. We spoke ill of him. We took his name in vain. We, we, we were most covetous. We, we were murderers and adulterers and fornicators, yet he forgave. What else can, can your, your, your brother, your sibling, your colleague do to you that you will forgive? Oh, he, he, he asked you to borrow your money and you borrowed him until today he hasn't paid you. Is that the reason? So far wrong. Oh, he promised to take you out and that, he didn't take you out. And that's the reason? No, so far wrong. Oh, pastor, you don't know. He promised to marry me and he didn't marry me. Is that the reason? Thank God he didn't marry you. We have, we have planned for the wedding. In fact, everything was said. And suddenly he says, I'm not doing and, and, and that's why I end, up, I end up with this brother. And anytime you see that person, something skips in your heart. No, let it go. Forgive. Because when you live in forgiveness, you tie yourself down to the past. And you let your future slip before your very hands. Forgiveness is the will of God. Tonight, I will take one more point and then I will close. Whom do we forgive? We forgive non-Christians. So it's only believers. So, so I don't say, okay, oh, that, that all, all, all the believers that, uh, no, 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 we forgive everyone. You know, I had an experience in my life that I should not even have any dealing with someone in particular in my life. But like I told you, I've crossed that level in my life. I was cheated. Yeah, nay, nay, yeah, I was cheated. Of a truth, I was cheated, but yet, I was gone. And guess what? With this same person right now, I mean, I mean, I'm in a good because I had never taken offense, even though he wronged me. I always sought for his goodness. Even when he felt he felt I'm against him, he never knew I was praying for him. He never knew I was because I, I cannot not but live in forgiveness because of God's work, because of God's assignment, because of the vision of God in this end time. I cannot allow the, the, the will of God to be shepherded because of my selfishness. I forgive him. And because of my act of forgiveness, I always reached out to him, even when he didn't expect it. And it's my is is that act official to him by message by calling that opened up his own heart back to me. Now I aided the forgiveness to him by my opening up to him in love. Why? Because he too is a child of God. I'm a child of God, and we have one common destiny, one common hope, one common kingdom. We share the same passport in heaven. How then would I keep him at heart? Amen tonight. Romans 13 verse 8 says, Oh, no man, anything but love. So even unbelievers are not to be to be to be kept locked. Forgive. There are people you expect to come through for you at your hour of need. They supported you. They promised heaven and earth, but when it came to performance, they were not even found. Forgive. Let it go. Jesus, at the finest of the hour, at the last of the hour, he said, Father, forgive them for they know what to do. This and do that. They just killed him. What can be more grievous than that? They just killed him. Because it was meant so for them so to do. He gave up himself, but they were instruments of his death. He died on the cross. The most gruesome death of a criminal. Yet, he said, Father, forgive him. If Stephen can take a cue from the Lord Jesus, we have no basis. 
They were stoning him to death. He said, Father, let this charge not against any one of them, including Saul. That's the reason I, I guess Saul got saved. Because if, if he has cried for vengeance, for adventure, Saul may not have been saved. Because Saul was right there holding and giving instruction on the stoning of Stephen. What grievous sin can be committed against a man than killing the person? But Stephen never cried for vengeance. Father, lay this charge not against them. Our Lord, our example said, Lord, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Forgiveness is key in our Christian work. It's in our ethics. It's our mantra. It's an offshoot of love, of grace, and of power. So that's I close. Ephesians 4 again. Verse 30 to 32. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. If you know who the Holy Spirit is, you will not grieve him. And how do we grieve him? He says, whether we are sealed to the day of redemption, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice speaking to believers. That means believers have this tendency, but we must put them away because of the Holy Spirit. And be ye kind one to another. Put on kindness, tenderheartedness, forgiveness, even as God for even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven us. How did God forgive us? Because of Christ. Why do you forgive also because of Christ? But I want to reflect and say, Lord, help me. Lord, I yield. It's time to surrender. Give it up. The word forgiven means let it expire. Let it go. That fresh may come in. Let it go. That a new may come in. Let this hot go that joy may feel. Let this, let this, let this, let this hard-heartedness go. That the peace of God may fill your heart. Forgiveness. When you stand praying, forgive. When you stand praying, forgive. And who do we forgive? Men, not angels. And as long as we live amongst men, we'll be offense. But as quick as the offense comes, we'll be quick also to forgive. Because by, by the grace of God, we've been empowered to live in forgiveness. There is nothing so great that God says this is beyond forgiveness. Everything, including what, what, what is bothering you, is in the realm of what God has called us to forgive. But in next class, we will look at the Spirit of God on how to forgive and aid forgiveness. And then we we'll examine, also by the grace of God, how you know you have truly forgiven. And we we'll examine, as we close, how to avert recurring offense, the dangers of forgiveness, and the benefits of forgiveness. Um, possible causes of offense that we can avoid. Let us pray. Father, your word has come. You have spoken this word so we can let go of thoughts, of offenses, because in Christ Jesus, there's no room for unforgiveness, no room for offense, no room for hurt. I pray tonight, Lord, that every offense, every hurt, that has caused unforgiveness between siblings, between families, between, between friends, within the church, between, between father to daughter, daughter to father, son to father, son to mother, husband to wife. Whatever thing, Lord, is the root of the bitterness. Lord, today we declare we are free. We declare freedom. We declare freedom. We declare freedom. We receive grace. To restitute, we receive grace to amend, we receive grace to let go, we receive grace to get them to be expired. That I receive the new life of God in peace. Your joy fills our heart. We thank you, God. Thank you for the children of God.
for we are found perfect and complete in forgiveness as your will in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Our prayers are heard because we live in forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Tonight, as you as you as, as you retire, I want you to, to begin to reflect and release in your heart tonight and then make calls to people whom you feel have hurt you. Let it go in your heart. As you go on in this teaching, God will give you more strength and more wisdom to know how to navigate in these things. Because forgiveness is the will of God. God bless you tonight. See you again on Thursday. In Jesus' name. Good night, folks. And God bless you all. Amen.